Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy, and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. Hello, my guest today blazes a trail of love with a refreshing, real and relatable way of spirituality. For decades, she has been guiding thousands of people worldwide as a spiritual teacher, holistic psychologist, women's leader and speaker. Now an author, welcome to the show, Dr. Nicola Amadora. Hello, John and everybody who is listening. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much for your time today and for being here. That was a very short introduction. So please do tell the listeners more about yourself, what you do, how you help, and obviously as well about your book. Well, I won't go into the long version, but I will go into the short version. <laughs> I think the long version would be a lot more interesting. <laughs> yeah, it would just take five days. <laughs> And a good cup of black tea. <laughs> uh, oh, we could break this down into several episodes in that case. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, to just briefly, you know, I, I worked since 30 years with people around the world and teach retreats um, for a long time, spiritual retreats, also professional trainings for therapists and leaders. And I also have given um, individual sessions also for that lens, which combines trauma therapy and the, awake, the spiritual awakening. And I've been also leading a lot of the living connection work, which has more to do with the relational part that we're going to dive into today. Awesome. And I, um, I love riding horses. It's my passion. It's my personal relationship that's very very intimate okay <laughs> and um i also really love dark chocolate <laughs> and good black tea that you in the uk have okay <laughs> <laughs> in other parts of the and i lived for most of life in california so i just moved to portugal and i'm still on the move i would say all right. Okay. And I have raised a daughter and had um, for a long time a spiritual center in California. My 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 girl lives now in London. Hey, good old UK. Yes. You can join the cloud as well at the moment, rather than the sunshine that you've got. Yeah, yeah. Portugal has sun. <laughs> so there's you've the introduction. There was a very varied kind of background of what you what you've done. So you, obviously you have a PhD. You're a doctor. So please can you tell us a little bit more about what you're a doctor in? Because that was a really interesting uh, when you were talking. It's, it's a doctorate from California in holistic transpersonal psychology, which combines spirituality and psychology. And it's really you know before I just did psychology and I found it very dry, yeah, and very heady. Um, but this united a lot of pieces for me. And um, I also feel that maybe I should mention that, that I lived for a long time in the Himalayas with, you know, the Tibetans. I worked with Mother Teresa in the slums of Kolkata. Yeah. Lived in the Amazon with the indigenous people. I 
spent a lot of time in different ashrams and lived also with Thich Nhat Hanh in France, who's really famous for the mindfulness and the relational art that he taught. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel, I mean, there is much more that I bring to the table than mm-hmm. just a PhD. I feel um, the most important is really the life experience and also that I have, but also the depth of work I've been doing with people mm-hmm. for decades. And I think my book is really much more a culmination of all the wisdom that I not just gathered, but lived in my own life mm-hmm. and taught with people. So, and there's so many stories in it too that are, I think, um, adventure stories really that, yeah. Yeah. that, are capturing so they're not just this book is not just really a boring you know about love and then you know we know all the concepts you don't need more people don't need so much more concepts they need to know how, how do we live this in the muck in this world especially now i think it's the perfect timing for the book to come out so i spent a lot of time writing this book and it was actually years in the making before my publisher picked it up yeah I didn't want to self-publish. I wanted to, maybe it's old fashioned, you know, but I did want to have the credibility of a, uh, it's a very traditional way of a real publisher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay, I, I think that's, it, <clears throat> I think that's a really good way to, you were like you said, you wanted it to be picked up and for people to be interested in it and people then to promote it and yeah. get it out into the world, um, which is a, this is a, with a publisher, I guess that's a much easier and better space. It's not just so much easier. I mean, it's you still have to do a lot of work as an author, but there is a certain credibility because um, with the self-published books, um, what you have is an overflooded market. And the publishers these days, they only pick you if they think your work is really worthwhile too. Okay. So it kind of validates some of the, the stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well. yeah. Yeah. So can I go back to some of the story from your introduction? You said about the psychology and then you realized you said that was a bit dry. Um, mm. So you decided to go down the holistic mm-hmm. route. So it, can you tell me a little bit more about that, what that actually means and, and, and how then you incorporate that into your into the work that you do with people now? Well, I was already at that time a spiritual teacher and I was also a Buddhist teacher. And then I um, and I was very strongly on the spiritual path yeah. uh, already. And I felt like spirituality without psychology is not a good idea because we're very we're human. We have our personalities, we have our hang-ups, you know, our patterns, our weird ways how we behave yeah yeah and and so you can have i've seen this with people when i work you know it's like you can have a spiritual awakening but it doesn't mean that you can relate in the marketplace of this world and it doesn't mean that just because you sit 10 5 hours a day on your meditation cushion that you actually can live it under the pressures of our society yeah. and bring it into your kitchen with your kids and partner and 
And so I I also felt like when I before I had like studied also psychology, I was like, this is so dry, this is so heady. And I felt like everybody is becoming is just being a problem to be fixed. Right. Yeah. And I just felt something was wrong with that view. It was missing something really essential that is to see that every human being, besides of all their stuff inside, they have an essence that is that is wise, that is that is good, that is that is love, that is um, beyond of all the the you know the the coverings. Right. And I felt like without that, we kind of go from fix one hole and there's another is another hole again. And then there's another pattern. And you you spend years in therapy and you actually just circling around your wounds and your childhood story and all that. And it doesn't really there's something that's needed for the healing that is called presence. Yeah. And that has to wake up in a person with with specific practices you can become more present in life you can become you the presence is already there we just have covered it over you know and the love is already there which is buried a lot in front of our hearts right okay so if you so this spirituality is really a resource for to, to be able to do the healing work in a way that leads to a wholeness in a person. Right. So this is why I wanted to have the the skills also to to do that with people mm-hmm. to in a much more, um, whether it's in healing or in teaching in a holistic way that includes all of it. And I see the results, you know, that people really do heal or people really do awaken. Okay. So... It, the proof is in the pudding, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the work that you do enables people to not just be stuck maybe in their stories exactly. and, and, and exactly. in their past yeah. and the things that causing them the yeah. problems. Yeah. And because this combination of psychology and spirituality is like also it helps like that you don't bypass, then you don't do a spiritual bypassing, you know, where you just like, oh, I'm already enlightened, but you're really screaming at your partner all the time. And it's the other way also where you can see, okay, so I'm not just my pattern. I'm not just my story. I'm not just my childhood. I'm far bigger. So I can actually start tending to these hiccups in a different way. Right. Okay. And then you said that again about being present. Yeah, the presence is really important. I think it's like, um, I call it, you know, the two wings in my book. It's like the two wings, the two, two foundations really that you need. One is the, the presencing, the ability to become aware and mindful and to be here. Because if nobody is here, we're, if, if you are here just in the form, but your mind is somewhere else, we don't have a relationship. No. no. And the other wing is really about this loving embrace, this kindness we bring to everything. And um, I think uh, I call it the masculine and the feminine, you know, and to unite that. So this is what we need in order to live real love, you know. Yeah. So it's like you said, it's about that 
I like, I like the example that you get, like, of people that are working on themselves, but they're still shouting and screaming at everybody because then they haven't actually worked on the, the thing that's triggering them to, to, to <laughs> behave like that in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then that's what really I think is, like, you know, after the enlightenment comes the comes the laundry, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can have a very very amazing experience of bliss or of freedom, and then there comes a piece of work, yeah. and the piece of work has to do look at your own behavior, look at your own triggers, tend to it, take ownership of it, mm. and I think it's an important part because we all are traumatized. So how do we how do we do that? We can't just float above, but also not to get lost in the whole triggering department because I see also people who are so like, there's this trigger from my mom and there's this from my dad and then my partner and they they just get lost in the woundedness. Yeah, you yeah. remember you're also much more than that. Yeah, uh, so they they use the triggers or they're sort of allowing the triggers all the time. They kind of. Rather than like you say, owning it and taking responsibility for it, they're just saying, "Well, this is this is how I get triggered," but they're not actually working on yeah the resolution to to the triggers for themselves. Yeah, yeah. And in my book, I have a I think a beautiful chapter on the healing part that's specifically about that. You know, how do you work with your triggers in a way that leads you into greater connectedness and to healing? really so then it doesn't play out anymore yeah because the trigger is just a reminder there's something unresolved inside that you need to tend to yeah and I, just I, yeah yeah so i like what you said earlier about the it's all well and good sort of meditating and being present and maybe then even knowing what the stuff is but then you've got to go back out into the world you know it's not like we all like live in a, a tibetan monastery and you know, don't have kind of the day-to-day triggers, worries, and everything else that go on in life. It's about that being present, but then actually taking that out into the world and doing something with it. Yeah, for me, this is very much my book is really based on the embodiment and being able to have, you know, the realization, but also then to walk into actualization, which is really to be able to live it in the marketplace of this world mm-hmm. because that's where the rubber really meets the road we can sit and have a nice chat about love and it all the yarn we have one and it's all like blah blah and then you go out into the world and somebody shouts at you and you like lose your marbles too mm-hmm. so is that moment can we take these moments they are the perfect moments where we trigger it for our for our awakening right there it's the gem somebody shouts at you can you take that sacred pause and refrain from reacting and sense into what is the response that's a very different piece yeah Yeah. i love the difference between reaction and respond very different to describe it as reaction is to react so you're reenacting your own stuff and then respond is you're actually there's a response rather than a reaction. So you're yeah. actually considering how yeah. you're going to be and what you're going to do in that moment rather than just it being an automatic thing. That right. Exactly. Living continually perpetuating the karmic cycle by living unconscious. Yeah. 
then sprinkling some spiritual gems on top of it. So the real the real work is, you know, yeah. how we live this in our day-to-day life. And I also see that, you know, the hardest part is to bring it into our relationships. So this book has like parts, you know, where it's just about the love and the presence, and then it's about you. And then there's a relational section in it that, and then afterwards comes you know, our relationship to the earth and the world. But in that relational um, section, I, I pointed out something that I think we we need a whole new basis for relating. I mean, we can see this in our world. We need it, yeah. And then yeah. we carry the the burdens from our past into our relationships always. You know, it comes in. Yeah. But there's like four essential questions that I that I find helpful. Um, that I was also teach to ask yourself, you know, who is relating here? Who's actually showing up for relating? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you present or are you come as a five-year-old child from your yeah. past? Yeah. And there's no judgment about it, but to just recognize that. And the second question would be, you know, who's relating to me? So who's, it's the, the question is like, what is your world like, John? You know, who are you, John, to get to know the other? Because I feel like in our world, we've kind of forgotten how to get to know another. Yeah, yeah. And because your world is different than mine, and that makes it very interesting. Yeah, yeah. But come and assume your world is exactly like mine or should be like mine. We have a problem. For sure, for sure, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And then, the, and then the third question is, you know, what is happening between us? What is actually alive? That brings you very strongly into presence. Mm-hmm. And the fourth is, you know, what's true and important here. Okay. So, um, you know, is it is it important that I be right, or is it important that we connect to me? You know, and I I feel like sometimes um, to bring more consciousness into the relational field is essential. You know, it's yeah, like we know this. This is why you do the podcast. Yeah. yeah, no, I completely agree that it's it's essential, isn't it? Again, all the work I do with people about relationships, whether it's with the individuals I work with or the couples, there is a kind of being conscious. Like you said, there's a consciousness that's required about the other person. There's a curiosity. There's a desire to understand and to know that person. Like you said, because if you come into it just from your point of view with expectations and all the shoulds and stuff that you want, um, that's going on around, then you aren't going to pay much attention to what the actual relationship is about and what the other person's about and then what that relationship could actually be. Yeah, you're just basically relating to a cardboard image. Yeah. (laughs) 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 And the other person is standing behind, see me, you don't hear me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that happens a lot, doesn't it, in relationships where people just don't feel heard? I think nine. I think ninety percent of all relationships, the pain is like I'm not heard, I'm not seen, mm-hmm. I'm not met. Yeah. That's it. You know. Yeah. So they're really important concepts that you've got in the book. So please tell the listeners what your book is called, because we haven't mentioned the title yet. Well, the book is all about love unleashed. And it's called How to Rise in a World on the Edge. 
And um, like I said before, it has four sections in it. And I feel all those sections are right now, exactly in this time, are needed. Because, mm -hmm. we, I mean, we can see it in our world. We will literally have come to the edge. Yeah. And, and yeah. just another war broke out, you know, and we're we kind of, we're repeating history instead of creating a future where we can thrive, you know. So it's a very, very separateness, isn't there at the moment? You against us and us against you type or me yeah. against the world, even type mentality that everybody's trying to come in and take something from somebody else. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that has led us to this disastrous situation. I mean, we can see it how the earth we have raped everything, and at the same time, we think we have unending resources we can use up and I think also that in relationships we often have this attitude of um, it's like an econ economy attitude you know how much can I get from you um, it's it's an I give you this you give me that yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and in that way it doesn't work it's not love no. it just isn't and no. So in my book, I bring in much more, instead of bringing, you know, how it should be, I bring in more, okay, so this is where we're at. And there are some ways how we can shift the boat in a different direction, okay. how we can turn it. And some of it is also very practical down to earth, you know, what yeah, you can yeah. do in your relationships it also has like real stories, juicy stories of people like coming through a a time where they felt like they didn't want to just shred each other and be, you know, step into the enemy stance. How do they step through, came through it mm -hmm. and, and step back into the love that's there between them and live more connected? It's possible. It's totally possible. It's at our fingertips. Yeah. Okay, and there's tips and stuff and in the book about how you can, can you could be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, and I I feel at this moment in in our time, like you said, we stand like we stand like with the clubs, you know, the Neanderthalers. My cave. It's mine. <laughs> and how much can I steal from that tribe? Yeah. And I think also, like you said earlier, there's a there's this tendency to go. You, there's a lot of take attitude, isn't there? Like, what can I take from this rather than what can I give? It's to this. There's a lot of stuff I see on social media about people going on and saying, "Well, if this person wants to be with me, they have to be this, 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 and this." And it's all about what the other person can give to them. Yeah. Um, very good. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Rather than. But this self-importance, I mean, yeah, we need to love ourselves. We need to have some self-compassion and understanding and care and everything. But it's, you know, to enter, just enter a relationship saying, what can you do for me? Yeah. Seems yeah. to be a very big thing that's going around at the moment, which is very um, uh, disappointing, I think, is is the first uh -huh. word that pops into my head, that that's, that's the attitude that seems to be being propagated at the moment. That's sad, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, makes you sad too. Yeah, very much so. Very yeah. much so. Yeah, it's it is it is sad because I mean, in 
in one respect, it's like it comes totally from the survival brain. Mm -hmm. um, when people are threatened, they go into the survival, and then it's all about me, myself, and I. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, I see this too. It has spread like a disease. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's about like how much can I get? How much? How much can I take? How much can I suck up? And and I see I see this spreading, and it becomes really like I see people like making this very long list for their partners. Yeah, yeah. Their partner to be, and I'm like, holy shit! You have thirty points on it. You're looking for Mister Perfect for one thing. Where's your list about how you want to show up in relationship? Yeah. What what is it that you bring to the table? And then that paper is pretty empty. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why when I work with my clients, I get my clients to do a want list and I get them to do a give list. That's it. It's because a beautiful... if you want something from a relationship, what of yourself are you prepared to give to that relationship in order to get what you want in return? Yes, it's, you know, and I'm talking about kind of deeper kind of parts of ourselves and all deeper things in the relationship. And the want list is very much around the fundamentals, not, you know, uh, I want someone with money and this, that, and the other. But you know, that it is about saying, okay, if I'm if I want this, if I want a fulfilling relationship where someone's gonna meet my needs and give me what I want, I, what am I prepared to offer in return? But you know, again, as yeah. I said, a lot of the stuff that's going around at the moment is if you don't fit that what yeah. I want, then you're not good enough for me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just put you to the wayside. Yeah, exactly. and we see the I see this playing out in the larger stage of the world, mm. you know? and this is this attitude that leads, in in my view, it leads to the greatest misery. It leads to so much suffering, unnecessary suffering. We perpetuate. Mm. It's it's um, that isn't love. It just isn't. You can't buy love. Love is not the feeling. Love is not something somebody can even give you unless, mm -hmm. you know, they give it freely. But it's not. And, and relationships, in my view, are not a currency exchange. You give me that, I give you that. That's tit for tat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How can love flourish in exactly. such a way? You're both sitting there not giving because you're waiting for the other person to. Yeah, well, I've given enough now. This person. Yeah, now it's your turn. Well, I've done this for you. Now you need to do this for me. Yeah. yeah, and what happens is the sad that the thing is what what often is not realized is that it actually blocks the flow of love. It puts barriers. It's like it damps the flow continuously, mm. and people are not happier for it. And it's like we, and in my view, and this is what I try also to bring across in the book: how can you connect to the stream of love that is already there and that is within you? And pour it from a full cup into the world. Not questioning whether I get or don't get. But to receive, you know, just like that little story. Can I tell you this little story about this guy who was on the street that I met in um, in San Francisco? You know, where I lived in that area. Mm -hmm. There is enormous amount of homelessness. Yeah. As a, the, the streets are full of it because the government does not offer social services. And um, and yet at the same time, this is one of the richest, you see the most richest people walking around. Right? Mm -hmm. So you have this huge gap. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And like one like London, time, I guess, in certain areas of London where you've got people sleeping on the doorsteps of mansions and, and things like that, right? Yeah, it's it's um a sad thing. But I went once at night and it was really cold. And San Francisco can get really cold. Yeah, not as cold as in Sweden, but and I saw this um crumpled up really old old man. And somehow I just my my tears started coming out because mm. I was I saw his face, you know, and I thought this guy has worked all his life, probably provided for family, couldn't pay the rent, is thrown out. He's not into drugs. I didn't see that. And sleeps with this little tiny little ripped up jacket on the on the ground somewhere next to the garbage cans. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked at him and I, I felt compelled. I went to my car and I had a blanket in there. And it took the blanket and just, he was sleeping, you know, and I just just wrapped the blanket around him. This Mm -hmm. tiny, frail old man. He was probably like 79 or something. And for a moment, it was the sweetest moment. He looked up and he looked at me. Are you an angel? Mm -hmm. Is this, am I now in heaven? No, it's like that in-between space between sleeping and waking. Yeah, yeah. And... I can't remember what I said exactly, but I said something like, "No, this is this is this is planet Earth. You're still here, and this is called human kindness. And I'm so sorry you didn't get to experience it so much. So keep the blanket. At least that's that's the least I can do for you." Mm. And he was so happy with that blanket. Mm. It doesn't really take that much, but it gave me a gift. I felt happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very simple gesture, isn't it, really? These small gestures. We sometimes think love has to be so big and huge and, you know, even in our relationships. Yeah. Small things that you notice. Okay. So if you're really present for a moment, you see that maybe just a little hug is needed for your nothing else. No, that's right. Yeah, I, I, I like the love languages. You know, to take time to find out what someone's love language is, so that we can express to them in a way that they like, that they will feel that you love them. You that's know? the difference. Yes. Yeah. But I think in in the love languages are very useful, and and at the same time, if you are not really open to live more connected. And love you can use all the languages it still would be dry for sure for sure yeah. yeah and and this this sense of like this joy of actually loving is um, when people start to experience it it's it's very fulfilling mm. and then most people are more likely okay i want to learn the love languages because i want to give in a much more yeah. true way you know yeah, yeah. And like you said, that can be very small in its in its gestures, can't it? It just could be just, you know, a small hug or just an ear or or something that someone yeah. is needing in that moment, which doesn't take yeah. a lot all around, uh, just to take yeah. some, like notice of the stuff that they that they need. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and learning literally to meet a person where they're at, I, I think is uh, 
is a skill to learn. It's like seeing, okay, this guy was crumpled up in the next to a trash can. It's not useful to bring him, like, um, tell him about what kind of fancy job he should get. Yeah. Mm. But to, to really meet a person um, with total acceptance and presence, that's, that's rare, mm. really rare. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess the, the travels and everything that you've done, I mean, you know, like you said, helping in, in the slums and that of Calcutta and you, you've, you've seen a lot of the different sides of life throughout the world. Yeah. 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 I've seen really, I would say one of the, the worst humans. <laughs> okay. And also one of the greatest humans. Yeah. I'm a person, you know, I like to I like to go to the whole nine yards. Mm. Yeah. And so I wanted to also find out, you know, what makes a person tick who is so nasty and what makes a person tick who is yeah. so incredibly, unbelievably present and loving. Right. Yeah. I said that would be a another fascinating talk to do in itself, I think, and something we could maybe come back to. Because yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Is what drives us to, yeah, either be loving, open, connected, yeah, and what makes us try and coerce and control and bully yeah. and everything else. Yeah, yeah, I found some really great gems in it, but I had to, of course. Um, yeah, I found, I found, I found what is the, the the original pulse for a human being to go in this direction or that or in between the shades, the hundreds of shades in between. Right. And you that, said in an introduction, said you were, is this this type of stuff that you also speak about? Tell me again what you said. You said it in the introduction that you're a speaker as much as well as yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff that you talk about on a regular basis with people. Yeah, I do. And people are very keen on finding out, you know, what's the root of suffering, what, um, you know, why is these, why are there some the people so incredibly mean and cruel? And how do I become a more loving person? You know, in the end, I have met so many people, regardless whether they were conscious or unconscious, they all asked at the end of their lives. I mean, I've sat at deathbeds many times and they asked, they asked themselves literally the one question that bugged them the most, have I loved well? They didn't ask anymore whether they were, you know, made, said, was it good? Did I achieve enough? Mm. Did I earn enough? It fell all to the wayside. And the, uh, the last question was always, did mm. I well? And if they could say yes to that, they could die so peacefully. Mm. They said, I haven't, I have closed my heart. I've used others. They were in agony. They were literal in agony. And I think that is something in, in that inherent, it's not, we can't, I think it's not healthy to walk around and tell everybody you should love. Mm. <laughs> and everybody has another Hollywood concept about love, how it should look. Yeah, yeah, love. That's why I had a hard time to use the word love, even. Yeah, yeah. It's a very romanticized type word. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. But love is really, I mean, is is the deepest thing we we long for. We uh, we're driven by, we are driven mad by, we are 
walking in circles around and trying to find, and yet it's the most fulfilling thing, you know, it's the most fulfilling, liberating um, quality. It's more than a quality, it's life itself, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel um, at this time, we do need a big, big stream of that. <laughs> and, and that is exactly what your book is. Is, yeah. Is about yeah. Like so, yeah. 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 So you said there's four different sections to the book. Yeah, as I mentioned before, so the first section is really about life. It's yeah. like it's also about love and has all these wonderful adventure stories in it. It's it's really more on a bigger scale, like you know what love is and connection how do we be connected or how do we feel when it's disconnected you know um it's it has uh, has like the kiss and the gold is one chapter is like the journey of the spiritual awakening you know mm-hmm. and bring it into the world so there's different and then there is also the, the second chapter is really about you um i think people love when it's about them <laughs> and it's <laughs> You know, the choices we make, the the way of how we can follow the, the, the fire of passion inside. But also it's about the healing part. And um, the third part is all about the juicy theme of relating. And not just with your partner, but with your kids, with friends, co-workers. And in a, in a, I would call it awake relating, really, how we can step into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fourth part is about, you know, how do we relate to the earth in the world? And also the chapter of uh, women rising. And the last one is service rocks the world. So, um, and so it's because that's really the way you finish that, because that is what this podcast is about. This podcast is all about how people come. I have people that are on the show are 99% guests that are in some way helping or serving somebody else. Um, and I, I guess that's that's why I do what I do. Um, but that's why this show is here, really. It's to get people on like yourself that serve and have something that can help someone else. And even if they only take one little thing away yeah. from what we've talked about today, I mean, that is kind of why that's why the show's here and 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 thank you so much for coming on and, and talking and being a guest on it today um, you know what i just want to thank you john because you definitely hold the giver attitude of you know how can i be of service and i think that is the m- most beautiful question how can i be of service in the best way mm-hmm. um, and then if if more people come in that boat we turn this we we turn it we turn this whole ship in the direction that is actually what we're longing for yeah i completely agree i completely thank agree. you for that no you're very welcome it's absolutely my pleasure um if people want to get hold of a copy of the book if people want to reach out to you nicola and find out more about what you do how can they do that they can actually um best is you know you go into a bookstore or you go on amazon but also i like if people visit my website it's nicolaamadora.com awesome uh, and I wonder if I can leave you with a with a little poem. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was going to ask if you kind of had any words of wisdom or a favorite quote, but a poem we don't I don't think we've had. So that'd be awesome. Thank you. You know, it's in the chapter "Loving You." Mm-hmm. 
people would like love that. We'll love that chapter. There's a lot of chocolate and ice cream and honey in there. (laughs) 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 But I'm also a poetess. um, And this is a very short poem. It's called Amorite, Let Me Love You. Let me kiss you awake from your slumber. Let me carry you into the soft radiance of light and whisper a secret, the only one you and I and the whole world shall know. You are precious as you are. Everything else they told you in an insane world like this was just a big fat lie that led you, like so many of us, astray. Let me love you all the way, just as you have been yearning for while so often others, feeling separate, have looked out for themselves alone. Let me tell you, as I hold the palm of your hand, the one truth I have found at the core of all creation, there is nothing but love here. May I suggest, beautiful one, simply surrender into that. That's beautiful. Thank you very much. Mm. Yeah, some things speak through poems louder than a thousand words. Mm, definitely. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I think it's good to leave it at that point because uh, nothing more needs to be said. Uh, yeah. Even for your time, if you want to reach out, to speak to Nicola, find out more about what she does, and get hold of a copy of the book. Um, thoroughly recommend that you do that. Um, and thanks again for your time. Thank you, everyone who listened. Um, Thank you, John. My pleasure. Take care. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life. I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.